three and four, and man, is it good. This is some of what I talked about in my sermon last Sunday, and man, this is good. Okay, so it's not going to be long. They're short chapters, but it's a good way to go into our Sabbath because if you've had a hectic week, which I know some people have, this is about how great our God is and that he gives rest. And some of us know that God created rest on the seventh day, and that's part of what it's talking about. But there is rest, even in your hectic days. So let's get started. And first, let's talk about this. (laughs) You are on December 10th. There's 15 days before Christmas. And a lot of you may have your Christmas shopping done, and some of you may be like me, and we have none started. (laughs) So that can give you unrest, right? But here's what we got to remember. Even in the busiest of times, and we've been ultra busy, you can take rest in knowing that the real reason for the season is what we're talking about today in Jesus Christ. And if we just rest in his presence, we can be assured that all things will work out. And the reason for the season is the joy of family and being together. And you know that Jesus is your Jireh, your Jehovah Jireh, and it'll all work out. One of my favorite songs is Maverick City's Jireh, and it's been on a lot lately. And I got to see that manifest yesterday in a big way, and it was so, so good to see. So take comfort. It's a good season. And the Lord will provide. Because Jesus, as we see in Hebrews 3, is greater than Moses. Well, why do you say that? Well, Moses was a deliverer of the people. But he was a deliverer of the people from slavery, from the Egyptians, remember? So it starts out that way in in chapter 3. Moses delivered the people because he was faithful. But think carefully about this Jesus who we declare to be God's messenger and high priest for he was faithful to God who appointed him just as Moses served faithfully when he entrusted was entrusted with God's entire house but Jesus deserves far more glory than Moses just as a person who builds a house deserves more praise than the house itself so I think about that because I think about Houses we see and how we look at the house and we like the house. But when we look in the house, we we marvel at the craftsmanship. And that's what draws us to the house is the craftsmanship and how well it's built. You know, the house we're in, what draws, drawn us here was not so much a craftsmanship, but that it had good bones and that my son and I could do the work that needed to be done to make it the way we want it to be. And so 
even though maybe it's not always the house itself, the builder still gets the credit, right? And it goes on in Matthew 3. It says, for every house has a builder, but the one who built everything is God. And so that's got dual purpose in here because it's pointing out that the one who built everything is God. And who is God in this picture but Jesus himself, right? So he's deserving of way more credit. And it goes on down further. It says Christ as the son is in charge of God's entire house. And we are God's house. If we keep our courage and remain confident in our hope in Christ. So as he is our builder, we see it's playing back on John 1, 1. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God, the builder of the house. And the word was God, the builder of the house. Nothing was created without him, the builder of the house. And everything was created through him, the builder of the house. And the word was God. Jesus is God in the flesh. Go down to verse 14, I think it is. And the word became flesh and made its home among us. So it's huge where we see this and we know what's happening because now he's living amongst us, right? But here's the thing. We have to listen to him because he makes this Jesus that comes to earth, dwells amongst us, and Jesus would always say, hey, the kingdom of heaven is near. The kingdom of heaven is amongst you, the kingdom of heaven. So that in itself, remember he, when he created a, a, the world on the seventh day he rested, so after man, when he said it was good, he took a rest so that we could have a moment to enjoy what was good, right? But then he brings into the world another method of rest. And he says, I bring into this world and you don't recognize it. And if you don't recognize it, then in my anger, I'm not going to let you enter my place of rest. That's that relationship with the creator. If you're not going to enter into a relationship with Jesus Christ, you're never going to know rest. And that's the rest he's talking about in verse 11. So be careful, brothers and sisters. Make sure in your own hearts that they're not evil and unbelieving. Turn away from the living God. For if we're faithful to the end, trusting God just as firmly as when we first believed, that's key. Just as firmly as when we first believed, we will share in all that belongs to Christ. See, I highlighted that because there are so many people in life, and I can think of several right now, right off the top of my head, which I shall not name. But... I remember when they came to know Jesus, I got written testimony from them. I got verbal testimony from them. I remember how on fire for Jesus they were. And then as time went on, 
and things didn't go as expected, circumstances prevailed, that firmness, remember, trusting God just as firmly as when we first believed, faded. And see, if it fades, that means our time with God has dwindled. That's all it means is we're not building on the relationship anymore. That means we're not spending time with God anymore. And you say, well, how do you do that? Well, look, it's any relationship. If people don't spend time together, then they tend to not communicate anymore. And if they don't communicate anymore, then they tend to drift apart. I mean, think about people you went to school with and you don't see them anymore. And then the next thing you know, you don't talk to them that much anymore. And the next thing you know, it's 20 years later and you haven't talked to them at all. And you don't know each other like you used to know each other. And yeah, when you see each other, you're still acquaintances. But life's gone on and they're totally different people. You know, like the other day I saw a girl that I used to coach in basketball and it's been four years She's a totally different person. And so, because I haven't talked to her in all those four years. And so, it's different. And it's the same way when we do that with our spiritual life. If we don't spend time with Jesus and trust God just as firmly as when we first believed then our hearts become hardened like Israel's did. And what happens is we distance ourselves from God. We start rebelling against God and we end up spending time in the wilderness just like Moses and the people did that he led out of Egypt. And that upsets God and we start sinning and we end up being like corpses in the wilderness. What do you mean corpses in the wilderness? We're, we're dead to God. We're dead to Christ. We no longer have that living, burning relationship with him as we did when we first believed. And so we're no longer in unrest. We're no longer in rest. We're in unrest because we are always in turmoil because we don't know that place of rest with Jesus. Oh, I get rest. I'm not talking about getting sleep. I'm talking about freedom from angst, freedom from trials and tribulation, freedom from not knowing what your future holds, freedom from the fear of death, freedom from knowing am I going to heaven or going to hell. And I hate to break it to people, but not everybody goes to heaven. There will come a day when we stand before the Lord and he will judge us according to our way of life. And as I've said many times before, it's all going to boil down to one simple, simple thing. Did we say yes? It's going to be that simple. Did we say yes to I want a relationship with Jesus or did we say, nope, it's not for me. I'm not ready for that. It's going to be that simple. And when we do that, Are we going to be able to say, yes, I want a relationship. I'm sorry, Lord, for the things I've made it. I repent of my sins and my life before. I want a life with you. 
because he closes out chapter 3 with this, because of our unbelief, we're not going to be able to enter his rest. And chapter 4 starts out because God's promise of entering his rest still stands. It's still there. And it's only for those who believe that can enter his rest. And so, you know, that's what I talked about uh, last week in my message on Homestead Church. You can catch it on our YouTube or Facebook Live. And it's at Compassion Church as well, which is online.entity on Facebook Live. If you search it, just search online.entity and you can get it easy. Or you can facebook.com slash online.entity and catch it. But what's really interesting is, you know, we look at rest and we we kind of try to define it as, you know, we're dead people because we rest in peace. We're dead people. But that's not what it's saying. We don't have to get to the rest when we die. We don't have to get to the rest when we go to bed. We don't have to get to the rest <laughs> when we sit in our easy chair. Man, I, I, yes, I've been running hard for several, several days, and yesterday was an awesome day with a youth event we had at our harbor yesterday, Homestead Harbor, and it was so awesome. And, you know, it's on the heels of a long day the day before, and I got home, and, I mean, I was physically tired, and I needed physical rest. And my family was good to me. I came home. I just plopped in my chair, and I could feel the physical rest just come over me. And it was so awesome. And all I could think of was this chapter. So God's rest is there for people to enter. But those who first heard this good news failed to enter because they disobeyed God. See, so many times we hear about God's amazing grace and how sweet the sound. But we don't want to have it. Because we think about, man, that's too hard to do. Man, we don't. I don't know if I can trust in that. I trust in God, my Savior, one. And man, when we enter it, it's the greatest thing, you know. So I'm sitting there getting this physical rest, and I can just feel it overcoming my body. And I say, Lord, I want to enter your rest. And I just want to be in your presence. And that's what it's talking about. Being in your presence. And and there's even more. Because he talks about now if Joshua, remember Joshua, here's the thing. Moses leads him out of bondage. And then Joshua is the one that leads them through, you know, Moses gets them deliverance. Joshua leads them into the promised land and gives them this place that they can inhabit through victory in the land of Canaan, right? So they get their land, but there's not real rest there. And it says, so if Joshua had succeeded in giving them the rest, God would have not spoken about another day of rest still to come. So, yeah, they get the promised land, but that's not the rest, Okay, the rest still to come was the arriving of the Messiah. 
And I'm going to talk about that today. For all who have entered into God's rest have rested from their labors just as God did after creating the world. So let's do our best to enter that rest. For the word of God, listen to this, the word of God is alive and powerful, is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. Nothing in all in creation is hidden from God. Everything is naked and exposed before his eyes, and he is the one to whom we are accountable. That is so, that verse a lot of people highlight, that verse is so amazing because the word of God, it can cut through the biggest of things in our life. That's why Jesus used it to fight Satan when he was tempted. The word of God, if we have it hidden in our heart, and I said that with our kids yesterday, thy word have I hid in my heart that I can fight Satan and it'll keep me from sinning. See, we use the word of God to get us through things, to help us in things, and it's sharp. It cuts through bone and marrow. It's it's this word that keeps us on the path. It's our protocol book. <laughs> it's the thing that keeps us in his rest. Well, what do you keep talking about rest? The rest that we get in him is knowing that we are in his will. See, here's here's what's interesting about all this, right? And we're about to cover that in this little bit of section we got. We got like a tiny bit of section left here. But with the Old Testament with Moses, right, we had the Passover, which was our... Uh, Oh, our restitu our deliver our restitution, right? And then we had our Red Sea, which was our deliverance. And then we got Joshua leading us into Canaan, which was our restitution. Mount Sinai. Mount Mount Sinai was our new covenant. Okay, sorry. And then we have this new thing coming where God so loved, keyword for today, if you listen to Matt Homestead, so loved the world. And that word loved is so loaded. I mean, that word loved is loaded from, from in the New Testament, that word love takes on a whole new meaning because God sees something that he needs the world to experience that word loved has got so much in it right there that it's talking about the rest that he sends his son right so the cross with the cross we get our restitution 
And then with the resurrection, we get our deliverance because now we're delivered from all sin and, and, and oppression. And then with the Holy Spirit that can live in us that the, Jesus gives us through the ascension, <laughs> we have our new covenant. And that lives in us. That's the peace that passes all understanding. That's the the new covenant that's in us that the word gives us that can make us whole, that, that the word that's sharper than any two-edged sword that lives in us, that guides us, protects us, that keeps us. In the Old Testament, in, in Zechariah 3, that's that word that, that encompasses us with the ring of fire that protects all of Jerusalem from the enemy. That's that word that takes us to our rest in knowing that we no longer have to work for our salvation. We no longer have to have a middleman. So in that regard, we are blessed to know to enter his rest, we can enter the rest of Jesus Christ, our high priest, who is and always will be the one that gives us rest because we no longer have to work for our salvation. It's a free gift. Free gift of God because he loves us so much. So this Sabbath day, let's enter into the rest that God gives us and know that it's theirs for all who believe. And if you've dwindled in that belief category, let's reignite the flame this holiday season, this Advent season, because he is coming. And he is wanting to take us to the ultimate rest where we can be free from all of this in the name of Jesus if we just Never fail.